cat Cuervo. Matilda, no! She reached over for the giant fluffy cat, removing her from the scene of the crime and trying to think back to what she'd learned at vet school about the effects of alcohol on the feline constitution. Are you trying to get my license taken away? Matilda meowed indifferently. Sal held the one-eyed cat beneath her forearms, her long body hanging down as their noses almost touched. Remember me? I'm the one who operated on your crushed belly and squished leg and mangled eye for hours after that car hit you, and then, when no one claimed your mangy stray ass, I took you in. Another indifferent meow had Sal smiling. You're welcome, she said, rubbing her cheek against the soft white fur of Matilda's face. She liked cats. A person always knew where she stood with a cat. And Matilda had been good company for those months between Mac and Josie's leaving and Doyle's arriving. Doyle. Suddenly, Sal wasn't thinking about cats anymore. She was back to orgasms again, and it wasn't something she should be thinking about in relation to Doyle, not even if she had the entire bottle of tequila on board. Must not think about Doyle like that, she said to Matilda. The meow she got this time was much more perky, and Sal rolled her eyes. Yes, I know, you have a crush on Doyle. Traitorous cat. She'd patched her up and took her in, yet Doyle got all the purrs and attention. She pulled Matilda close and hugged her tight for some distraction, but, as ever, Matilda didn't deign to be the subject of affection for too long and squirmed in protest. All right, all right, Sal said, pulling her up until they were nose to nose again. You want to play a drinking game with me? Matilda stared dispassionately with her one freaky yellow eye. The first one to blink, or wink in your case, drinks. You milk me Cuervo. What do you say? The marmalade cat stared some more, unblinking. Oh, you're good at this, Sal murmured. But first, we need music. She put Matilda down and stood. You want a shot glass or saucer? At half past eight, Doyle Jackson powered two at a time up the internal stairs of the Kennedy veterinary practice to the apartment, sweaty from his run and looking forward to a long, cold beer. He wiped the perspiration off his forehead with the back of his hand as he kicked off his trainers on the doormat. He could hear music through the door and moved his ear closer. Wicked game. Oh, Jesus. Chris Isaac. Or, Chris, watch me make all your clothes fall off, Isaac, as one of his sisters called him. He gave an internal groan as he rested his forehead against the door. Sal was probably in there, dirty dancing with whichever hapless guy she'd crooked her finger at recently. He contemplated turning around and hitting the pavement for another hour or so, then instantly rejected it. He was dog-tired after a long day. All he wanted was a shower, a beer, and his bed, in that order. And this was his home, too. The apartment was dark when he stepped inside, the low light emanating from the range hood in the kitchen to his left, saving the apartment from complete blackout. Doyle looked around. No Sal. 
Maybe she'd moved the dirty dancing into the bedroom? Sal, he called. Doyle? A blonde head poked up over the top of the couch to his left, and she smiled at him. Doyle blinked. Considering scowling was her default expression where he was concerned, the smile almost knocked him on his butt. Sure, he'd seen her smile. A lot. Just not at him. Why are you sitting in the dock? He asked as Matilda appeared at his feet, meowing and winding herself seductively around his ankles. With a bum leg and a missing eye, she wasn't the prettiest cat he'd ever seen, but she was an affectionate thing, and the tenderness with which Sal treated her belied the cranky exterior she tried so hard to cultivate around him. He rubbed absently at her belly with his foot. You've been out for a run, she said, completely.